uh, Sagar and Jetty, I, I noticed a couple of times, had mentioned being on the same side of politics as some of the Republicans that they would feature on their show, stories about Republicans that they would feature on their show. And when it, he would say it in passing, I wouldn't really, uh, you know, it, it, I, I just assumed that he was talking about something else that, you know, I just ignored it mainly. But recently he more explicitly confirmed that he is a Republican, which is news to me because most of their political analysis is critical of Democrats from a left leaning from the left. It's, cri it's critical from the left of Democrats, meaning critical of the Democrats uh, as far as their policies, um, certain policies such as Medicare for all and, uh, you know, wage wages and taxation and uh, some of the social programs, some of the social politics involved in the Democratic Party and some of the previous elections that have happened. A lot of criticism that is warranted, but criticism that is left focused. Criti being sort of critical of the Democratic Party in that they are not left enough, which is, you know, something that pricks up the ears of, like, a, I believe a large swath of the Democratic voting base or left-leaning voting base. Uh, so it was news to me to hear that he was a Republican because, you know, if you're going to be critical of Democrats from the left... All of those criticisms apply even more so to, to Republicans. And my question is, at this point, not only is does that not make any sense that you are critical, you are a Republican being critical of Democrats from a left perspective, at the same time, Republicans are enacting draconian policies this is not just politics. It's not just rhetoric about Mexicans. It's not just the red meat that Republicans oftentimes throw to their voting base. These are actual policies. You have a president who is completely inept, completely incompetent, uh, a complete man baby that has to be appeased in the middle of a crisis, in the middle of... Uh, one of the biggest crises that the United States and the world has faced in a long time. Uh, right now, there's a story of the famed Dr. Fauci. I don't even know what, what his background is, but apparently he's uh, quite the expert in the field of infectious diseases. And he has been appearing with the president, I believe, on a daily basis in these pandemic press conferences that they do uh just these these news conferences that they do so uh the fact that <laughs> there's this issue with the president being offended at fauci's popularity or fauci mentioning that the um 
the crisis may go longer and the stay-at-home orders may continue and that there's a fear that he may be fired for telling the truth essentially right so these are the issues that republicans have a a huge ideological problem they have huge like deep-seated problems within their own voting base the democrats issues are not the same democrats have a problem in their leadership Democrats have a problem in that the politicians that they vote for are bought by the same people that Republican uh, politicians are, are, are paid for, right? They're the same people who buy them. That's the issue uh, with Democrats. Republicans have a problem within their own voting base. Republicans have people who have been brainwashed for you know 50 60 years through moral majority politics through racist dog whistles uh it's just it's become more and more explicit you know it's one of those things where rhetoric at some point devolves because it's not evolving it's not really you know advancing anything devolves into actual violence and actual policies that impact uh, people who are not able to protect themselves in society. That's the issue with Republicans. They have a fundamental problem. Republicans have a fundamental problem. So to hear someone who purports to be a Republican criticizing the Democratic Party and the Joe Biden campaign, all legitimate criticisms. It makes me somewhat skeptical of their intentions. You know, there's a lot of discussion around, you know, will Bernie Sanders voters, uh, will they or won't they vote for Donald, or uh, not Donald Trump, will they or won't they vote for Joe Biden? Uh, which is a good question because Joe Biden is, in my memory, he is the a, a presidential candidate that has inspired the least amount of enthusiasm in my history. And I got out there as a high school student and stood in line in a Texas community college to vote for John Kerry, another very vanilla, very establishment very uh just boring candidate you know it's you know john Kerry. i think it was was it 2000 no uh no 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 that that was the election of 2000 and 2004 yes 2004 uh and john Kerry was just not a charismatic candidate he had all of this war hero, Vietnam vet, all of this, uh, things that did not necessarily appeal to people in my age bracket that for the most part, were not really voting at that time. You know, I was probably at the far end of that age group, the front end of that age group that were able to vote. So our interests and our, 
opinions were not necessarily taken into account so much. So anyway, my point is, why is it that you have a Republican like Sagar Anjeti talking and and sort of like influencing in a way dem uh, like people who would for the most part vote democrat or vote for leftist politics essentially pushing them not to vote at all like i saw a video today of uh or, or no it was just a headline really but i think they were doing an interview with him on the hill with another podcaster that I, you know i frequently um listen to kyle kalinsky from the I think it's the Kyle Kalinske show or is it uh, secular talk you know uh, he I guess he's got a couple names for his show but I guess Kyle was saying that you know he's not going to vote for Joe Biden which is totally legitimate you know I may share the same attitude may share the same opinion of you know what but like why would I vote for Joe Biden uh, it's it's a larger question than that you know why again are we picking like it's not even the devil that you know it's like the same devil like it's the same it's the same economic policy it's the same foreign policy so what is the difference here other than you know an insane asshole instead of having an insane asshole who is also getting on in years and may not have the mental faculties to become to be continue being president uh why would anyone vote for joe biden nobody's voting for joe biden because of any re because of joe biden nobody is voting for joe biden because of joe biden people are voting the only reason people would vote for joe biden is as a protest vote essentially against donald trump right so people who are on the left side of politics um you know if if the establishment wants you to do a protest vote against donald trump what is so bad about doing a protest vote um against joe biden you know if we're just going to continue with the same line of ineffectual policies and then eventually you're going to have another republican at some point take over from joe biden because they're going to say the same thing hey he didn't do anything for you when he had the opportunity there that's that's going to be the argument let's say joe biden wins the general election coming up uh in four years they're going to say oh what has joe biden done for you he's done nothing that's what they said about obama you don't think they're going to say that about joe biden anyway that's the argument which i've i fully agree with but i haven't come to the conclusion that i will or won't vote for um joe biden it's very difficult this this is the problem you shouldn't have a candidate that makes it very difficult for people to go out and to uh, actually vote for that candidate it should be somewhat of an easy thing to do for someone to be uh, willing to at least be willing to listen and um, be convinced. The problem with Joe Biden is like, where are what is the what is the bait? What is the bait with Joe Biden? What are you going to do to have me at least prick my ears up and listen to what he's got to say to convince me to go out and vote? Other than, hey, I'm not Donald Trump. Which is in itself, yes, it's, uh, hey, I'm not Donald Trump is, is something that is, uh, 
worthy of considering. Because there are people out there in the world that are greatly impacted by the fact that Donald Trump is president. You know, you can make a protest vote against Joe Biden, but and and that having not, you know, and Joe Biden losing and Donald Trump having a second term, that not having an impact on your life if you are of a certain financial and demographic background. You know, if you're a white male that makes over, I don't know, whatever it is, you know, whatever, whatever yearly income. But if you're a black person in America that is dying of COVID-19 because of all of these risk factors that exist prior to having a health crisis, uh, there is value to Donald Trump losing and Joe Biden becoming president. There is some value to you to go out and vote for Joe Biden. Right? That is... That is outside of just the fact that the Democratic Party have essentially thrown up every barrier and conceded every advantage to Joe Biden for him to just they just dragged him across the finish line. You know, it's it's a race. You know, they they, they essentially had everyone else drop out and endorse Joe Biden and put their entire weight of their machine behind they yeah they they dropped out uh they put their entire weight behind Joe Biden to narrowly in my opinion narrowly beat Bernie Sanders because if let's assume that all of those candidates did not put their weight behind Joe Biden I don't think he would have won the primary I don't think some of those states would have gone to Joe Biden if it weren't for all of the other candidates coming out and giving their endorsement to him. Candidates that ha- that were beating him. He he wasn't it wasn't like he was the second choice or something. He wasn't the second horse in the race. He was the fourth and fifth horse in the race. The second, third and fourth horses all dropped out and put their endorsements behind him because of the Democratic Party machine. And that is what has enraged, uh, you know, the, the the Bernie Sanders wing of the Democratic Party. Um, in that, you know, if you're going to subvert the uh, movement and subvert this momentum, then wh- who's to say that once you get into office, this is, you know, you're not going to just maintain and continue with the same policies that are the issue here. You know, it's not about... I like this this old white man versus this other old white man. It's about policies. It's about Medicare for all. It's about student loan um, forgiveness, uh, debt relief. It's about housing. It's about foreign policy that is not constantly uh, focused on the war. It's about budgets that are not directed the majority of you know directed at the military and policing all of these issues that impact certain communities certain demographics of people black people black women uh you know actual you know lgbt people uh latinos 
um, immigrants, all of these people have a vested interest in uh, someone else being president other than Donald Trump because he has actively attacked them in policy and in rhetoric. So this is the issue, again, so we can go all the way back to the question about Sagar Anjeti. Why is it that this, why does he even call himself a Republican at this point when the Republican Party doesn't exist anymore? How is it that he can call himself a Republican yet at the same time is, you know, espou- or, you know it, pushing this idea, pushing this, this thing of don't vote for Joe Biden, you know, do do a protest vote you know for a third party or write him in or just don't go vote because this is this the thing is i am skeptical i am skeptical i'm dubious about it republicans current electoral strategy has focused on voter suppression this is what they do suppress the vote is how they win the more voters there are the less likely they are to win so when sagar and rolls out this this thing of you know oh uh, hey, you know, maybe you shouldn't vote for Joe Biden because the Democratic Party has treated you wrong. I don't trust him. I don't trust him. It's not. It might not make me change my mind, but I don't think that that argument that he's presenting uh, is. I don't think that it is from a good place. Um, it's done in bad faith, I think, because of the fact that you still call yourself a Republican. There's no such thing as a Republican. There are Trump publicans. That's it. All of this never Trump bullshit never manifested. In the end, they all got in line and they all got behind what Donald Trump was telling them to do. All of them. You know, even these so-called fiscal Republicans. Fiscal Republicans disappeared when the banks needed to be bailed out multiple times where's the where's the fiscal responsibility right all of this talk all of this nonsense about the national debt and all this it just disappears it it reappears every time they talk about medicare for all how are we going to pay for it how are we going to pay for people to get you know health care how are we going to pay for teachers and how are we going to pay for public services and all this other nonsense but as soon as the banks need to be bailed out you know it's no problem and it's more complicated than that but essentially ideologically there's it doesn't make any sense this guy is what he's he's what like a republican from the reagan era i don't understand it he's a 1980s republican it just it doesn't make any sense to me and um i don't trust it um there are other things to be argued here regarding not voting or at least at least putting some pressure on the Democratic Party to enact policies because this is this is a it's not an emotional game it shouldn't be based people's vote should not be based on how they feel hard done by the Democratic Party uh, it's about power and it is about getting concessions. So even if you lost a little bit of something, there's something to be gained as well. You shouldn't 
you shouldn't forego um, minute changes and minute gains for some larger ideological um, concept because this is all incremental you know that's how I think people should look at it it's incremental so Joe Biden winning is not necessarily the end of the world or you know Donald Trump winning is <laughs> that's definitely the end of the world but for leftist politics I think Joe Biden winning could possibly be if it is exploited if his if his win could be exploited uh, and the left movement in the United States could rally around putting pressure on Joe Biden in the same way that the Tea Party put pressure on the Republicans, um, then you're going to have some concessions and you're going to have some positive outcomes in regards to policy, actual, you know, policy. Um, so that as well as the left movement can coalesce around this. They can be greater solidarity against a Joe Biden if that is the focus. If, once he wins, people take over and um, take, the, you know, they take the opportunity to uh, become more I guess uh, involved and to pressure um, the Republic the I'm sorry the Democratic Party and the presidency and you know organize a movement that is more focused on results rather than some sort of greater ideological concessions from these politicians who are making decisions strategic decisions they're not they're not these politicians are not necessarily they have to win their elections that's what i'm trying to say they have to win their elections in order to do anything so a lot of times you know some kind of staunch uh attachment to ideology is counterproductive and just like AOC currently, you know, she's getting a lot of criticism for her outreach to Nancy Pelosi and the establishment Democrats, uh, which I think, you know, in her in regards to her, that's smart because she may be a symbol for the, the sort of like white left uh, that has the luxury to wax philosophical about you know socialism and the you know the, the the potential advancements that we would have if we had a more robust socialist um, oriented government all of these things that's nice to, to wax philosophical about but you have a politician like AOC who represents a district I, I'm not a hundred percent but uh, I believe hers is the Bronx. Like, her district includes the Bronx in New York City. So, these politicians, they still ha they're still accountable to people who do not have the political and financial currency. They do not have the luxury of 
losing elections, you know, because as soon as they lose an election, you have Republicans and these corporatists coming in and essentially um, selling off any sort of social safety net that these people depend on. You know, they, they blamed black people in South Carolina for, I guess, Bernie Sanders is lost. There's like these 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 insinuations that it's black people's fault, you know, that black people are just, you know, they just don't understand, you know, these old black people. Ignorance. It, it, that, that is that is that is complete ignorance on the part of that, again, um, shows the level of disrespect that any any you know white person in a position of power the tendency the the ability to be the ability to be ignorant in regards to black politics in regards to black people in general that you would assume f- to know better than they do you don't un- you don't know what black people have experienced and are experiencing currently in the United States and the logical cynicism that black people have in politics. They are cynical about politics. They are cynical about white people for very good reasons. And this is a very logical calculation that a lot of people made when they came out and voted for Joe Biden in South Carolina instead of Bernie Sanders. In the mind of the leftist white um, voter or the the white activist, this is somehow illogical because hey, they're voting against their uh, own best interest. But that's not necessarily true. They're voting based on how they understand w- how white America functions. They understand. that you know voting um for a bernie sanders is not necessarily going to uh prove beneficial to them materially right then in that moment you know that this is a long-term project and black people's issues are immediate that is why when Mike Bloomberg comes into a a church. Uh, You know, he he can just walk into any black church. The fact that they let him that church where, you know, all those congregants turn their back on him. um, The fact that he was even able to come in there and be allowed to speak. The fact that he had the power to do that, you know, after his policies in New York City that were um, just a continuation of, of m- marginalizing black people in New York City, right? The stop and frisk thing is, is illustrative of it. You know, it's very visual and you can under, you know, people understand it more quickly that, hey, if some a police officer just jumps out and frisks a young black youth and all of that, um, they, I, I think they understand that visual but then again you know there's economic policies that are pushing out black people that you know there's housing policies that are pushing out black people new york city is currently 
has become just like a gated community. You know, it's so expensive that there's really no poor people that live there. People, people who do menial labor either live in the poorest, poorest parts of New York City or they live outside of New York City and then they just commute in to, you know, do their job and, and leave. Um, the fact that Mike Bloomberg was allowed to go into one of those black churches is a testament to the desperation of black society caused by, you know, finance mainly, economics. That is the issue here, economics. So if Mike Bloomberg is going to come in and he's immediately, you know what, uh, he's going to donate enough money to this black church to hold them down to fix the leaky roof, uh, you know, uh, order new, you know, install new pews and whatever, whatever. I don't really know what the intricacies of running a church are, but they're going to allow him to do that, even with his record, even with his white supremacist policies, because black people are cynical for good reason and that white people in the end are going to function as in a white supremacist manner whether they purport to be socialists and socially uh, aware and all of the rhetoric that uh, the left is directs at, at, at I guess appeasing black assuming that hey if you talk enough about slavery and oh you guys had it bad and all of this as if this is some sort of concession to black people Black people are very cynical about white politics and and um, the direction that white politicians will take once they get into office. Because, I mean, if it happened with Barack Obama, a black man, the probably the most charismatic politician since John F. Kennedy, if it's going to happen with him, I mean... Who's to say it wouldn't happen with uh, a Bernie Sanders administration or a Joe Biden administration? So it's it's cynicism. I think black people that came out to vote, the, the question of whether Joe Biden uh, was more electable it wasn't that Joe Biden was more electable. I don't think that was the calculation that they made. I think it was more of who has the machinery behind them to beat Donald Trump. And that is an easy question to answer. It's obviously Joe Biden that has the machine backing him. And if you don't have the machine backing you, then you're not going to be able to win. And this is this is the issue here. This is one thing that the black voting base it seems to occur to them, but it doesn't occur to the white, the Democratic white base in that uh, the Democratic establishment will not, even if the Democratic candidate is a, you know, far left or not, not far left, far left in the sense of where we are today. Right. So Bernie Sanders. They are not going to back Bernie Sanders. Let's just say, like, let's say Joe Biden croaks today, which is possible, considering he's 78. Ridiculous that, you know, we're even, these are the candidates that we're looking at. But anyway, 
um, if he croaks today, they're already lining up uh, Cuomo, the governor of New York. It's possible that Joe Biden might not may, may just concede and say, you know, I don't have the energy for this. Uh, let's put up Cuomo, even though Bernie Sanders is right there. Bernie Sanders is sitting right there. He was the most popular candidate throughout the entire primary season. But this is what occurs to black people that they understand about white about white people is that. They are much more willing to go with the establishment and the established order than to take a gamble on a uh, a candidate who is, a cha- I guess, a change candidate. Exactly. Yeah, a change candidate. That is why. I mean, that's why Barack Obama had Joe Biden as his VP. You know, it was to ensure white society that, hey... This is not some revolutionary black man who's going to come in and he's going to change all of the policies that you've come accustomed to and, and change your way of life. This is to ensure you that, hey, this is still this a person who is of the machine and he's being backed by, by the democratic machine. So it's logical skepticism. And, you know, white society needs to stop this... This thing of why immediately there you go that that cynicism right there is reinforced by the fact that you have these people insinuating that black people are at fault these these older black voters in South Carolina are out are at fault for um, essentially Bernie Sanders losing the Democratic nomination how about putting blame on the machine how about uh, the fact that these activists are not necessarily out there these same activists pushing for Bernie Sanders are not out there um, pushing for policies that benefit black people when it counts, you know, on a local level and a state level and, you know, on a grassroots level so what what makes them think that somehow once they get into office this is going to be um, this is going to be any different you know they just want our vote and then hey later on they're going to forget about us so you know those are my thoughts uh, to sum it up I think I'd, I'm a little bit skeptical of Sagar and Jetty uh, I'd have to go back and maybe like read something that he's written this is just an observation about his opinion on um, this this current political climate and the in regards to the democratic party specifically so that's that's all i had to say thanks